This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Today we're streaming uh, live from the Festival Cultures here in Palmerston North. It's been a very, very long time since we've done a live show. We normally record it, pre-record it, because we're at 10 o'clock in the evening show. But for today, very, very special show. Um, celebrating cultures, and we're going to look into some metal culture um, across the globe and for some uh, kind of local as well, because, I mean, we've got plenty of culture here in New Zealand as well. Um, the first band we're going to be having a brief look at is a Mongolian band called The Who. Uh, they've been making uh, mark across the globe recently with their, uh, what do they call it, throat singing, I believe. And they, they're getting a bit of, um, how would you call it, uh, headway with uh, bringing in a lot of um, commercial, well, what do you call them, uh, artists, other artists like uh, Amy Lee from Evanescence and the dude from Papa Roach and things like that. So first off, we're going to have a track from them, uh, the track Cherie Shring, um, and then after that we've got another track, but we'll introduce that at the time. So without further ado, here is The Who.
And that was The Who with the song Shri Shring. Now, hopefully I've pronounced that correctly. Unfortunately, I'm not Mongolian. Um, one of the most interesting things I think about uh, cultural metal and all that sort of thing, I mean, here in New Zealand we have it. Uh, it's pretty much accepted um, and very easy to do. But you go to countries like um, Baghdad uh, over in Iraq or something like that, um, being in a metal band is quite different and uh, you can actually risk being arrested. Um, you try to put on a show in India or somewhere like that um, and they're very um, anti that sort of thing and um, even in China and places like that it, it can be um, quite a struggle whereas in New Zealand it's actually, you know, I mean, this is part of our culture and everything but uh, I mean it's really interesting the, the things that people have to do or uh, go through for their music and their art um, we take it for granted here in New Zealand, but um, these can, these people in other countries, they, they, they live for their art, and um, sometimes they die for their art, sadly. Um, but anyway, um, we're now going to carry on with another track from The Who. Uh, this is probably the track that uh, they're most well-known for, um, the track Wolf Totem. We've actually got um, a version from the deluxe version, which had um, Jacob from... Oh, Jacoby, I think his name is, from the band Papa Roach. He joins in. Um, really cool track, and this is uh, slightly more metal than that last one. So without further ado, here we go with The Who and Wolf Totem. Parasilhuetes vai ter um 
that was the magic of the Who, all the way from Mongolia. Okay, up next we have what has been described as the first Polynesian metal band. Um, a lot of the dudes come from Auckland, but they are described as one of the first Polynesian metal bands. Uh, but that, I mean, that's debatable because a lot of people look at Buya Tribe as being the first Polynesian metal band. But this is the uh, the first. Uh, one to come out of New Zealand and they're making waves all across the globe which is absolutely fantastic and that's one of the things about um, the, the culture of uh, metal and the different bands that are coming out I mean you've got to just look at um, New Zealand with alien weaponry and all that sort of stuff which we're going to look at shortly but um, before we get into that we've got Shepherd's Rain they're making their mark and doing some really cool things for uh, Polynesian young people um, which is absolutely brilliant and bringing other audiences um, and young people into the metal culture. So we're going to play the track Concrete Walls to kick off. Um, enjoy.
And that was Shepherd's Rain with the track Concrete Walls, uh, known as the first Polynesian metal band. Uh, very, very cool. It's, it's awesome that here in New Zealand we're starting to embrace our cultures and different diversities, and, and a lot of these bands are getting out there and making a bit of a mark. We're going to be looking at Alien Weaponry very soon, but we're going to have another track now from Shepherd's Rain just to sort of bolster that and get it out there. These guys are absolutely fantastic. They're coming out of Auckland, and you know, it's, it's so good to see all these young people um, embracing their culture and putting it into their art and music. So here we go with the track Legend.
and that was the mighty Shepherd's Rain and the track Legend. Absolutely brilliant. And now we're going to head into uh, one last track from our mighty ambassadors for New Zealand metal, taking it across the world and showing our culture in a most magical way, alien weaponry. All over the globe, from wrestling to uh, sell-out shows and download. Uh, I think they even, uh, Slayer's last show, they were selected as support. They've uh, been um, managed now by Rick Sales, who is one of the biggest management companies in the world. Absolutely wonderful for New Zealand culture and our music. So we're going to have a track from them, Kai Tangata, and this is just absolutely magic. So get into it and enjoy. Bang your heads, guys.
bit embarrassing, but I appreciate the humor. Alien Weaponry, Mighty Ambassadors for New Zealand Metal and New Zealand Culture. Absolutely fantastic. Love seeing those guys. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Okay, coming up very soon, we're going to be having an, an interview, live interview with Jackador. Um, he is a Bangladeshi. Um, and a New Zealander So we're going to be having an interview with him very soon But first off we're going to play a track from him His first single that he released The track Always Yours
was Jackador from Auckland, uh, but also a Bangladeshi. Um, and the track, always yours. Uh, we are now just lining up, uh, technically, uh, hopefully it works, um, an interview with him live right now. Um, fingers crossed that everything's going to work. How are we getting along there, Samuel? Is it almost there? Almost there. We've got a very special guest now. Jackador, can you hear me? Yeah, mate. How you going, buddy? All right, mate. How are you? Very, very good. Now, we've got you on the screen here so everybody can see your makeup and everything. Looking very, very cool. Love what you do, my friend. Thank you very much, mate. Excellent. So you've just um, released a new single, I understand. Yeah, mate. (laughs) King of the Ring. King of the Ring. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So um, I've been working on King of the Ring for the last um, seven to eight months. Um, so there's two different stories on King of the Ring. So the track itself talks about Muhammad Ali's um, in-ring life. And when you see the video, it talks about discrimination and standing up to your rights. Um, so um, so there are two different stories of King of the Rings, which um, I have tried to articulate with the song and the visuals itself. Well, that's it. I mean, I watched the video the other day, and I must say it almost brought a tear to my eye. It was an absolutely magical story. Um, I mean, where did you come up with that story? Um, it's an original story, though. Um, so I was, I was, I was hunting for a story. Um, so there's this um, woman in the States um, who's a boxer and who has a job. And um, she was rejected to fight in a, um, in a competition because where she was wearing a job. But the opponent um, like came up when she heard about that idea that she wasn't allowed to like you know um, fight for the competition. Um, she handed over her belt, like you know, as a um, saying that like and if she was given a fair chance to compete against her, she might have won. So that's a true based uh, based on a true story. And I, I somehow felt it like that, like in you know, Muhammad Ali's ideologies and everything, like you know, like that fits in well with the story. It does. It was an absolute magic video. Could you tell us about the making of the video? Uh, so uh, we had to do a lot of uh, write-in sessions, and as usual, um, I had Ricardo Ball from Auckland. Um, so he, like, he, he's a boxer. And I asked him, Ricardo, you have to be the trainer, and he did not have any say. So I pretty much picked and um, picked and matched up <laughs> with a lot of um, like um, artists to um, to shoot in the video, and um, it was done within two uh, two to three weeks. <laughs> awesome. It must have been pretty cool to have Ricardo on board. He's always a, good for a laugh. I didn't know he was a boxer. <laughs> I didn't know either because I had to ask him. I was asking him, do you know anyone um, um, who's a boxer? Like, who knows how to train boxers? Like, you know, I am a boxer. <laughs> and I'm like, sweet, mate, you're in. Oh, mate, that's absolutely magic. magic. And, I mean, it must be cool to have somebody of his caliber on board. Yeah, he helps a lot with my tracks. And I ask him like, all, all sorts of opinions, and he's a familiar face in the Kiwi music industry, and he helps me out with um, any time I call him, pretty much. I don't take a no as an answer. Awesome. Oh, you're getting some waves from all the people here. They're obviously enjoying what you're doing here, loving the makeup. <laughs> Great to be here, mate. Oh no! It's absolutely a pleasure to have you here. In the uh, there's a festival of cultures here in New Zealand, uh, here in Palmerston North, and we've got all sorts of different varieties here. I mean, and that's the beauty of metal is that it embraces that diversity and, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it makes it pretty special. How's the response been to your video? Uh, 
it's, it's been quite slow, I'm not like always used by the people who have watched the video, they loved it, um, to bits, um, there are two aspect, aspects of it, people are liking the audio and also obviously the video, so there's two different crowds where I'm, I'm attracting, two different crowds that I'm attracting, so um, <laughs> it, it has been mixed, mixed sort of emotions, but up until now, um, uh, it's, it's all positive stuff. Excellent. Now you got to tell us a little bit about the makeup inspiration. You know, I mean, <laughs> well, I've seen two different know, varieties This is the first now. time I'm, I'm doing, I've done the makeup to myself. So I just went into my, um, like, you know, my, my wife's um, dressing table, and I was like, okay, I need to put on makeup on myself. And the inspiration that came into my mind was Kiss. <laughs> and I improvised it. <laughs> oh, dude, it always comes out well, mate. It actually reminds me a little bit of a bath. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it looks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the eyes, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So, talking a little bit about culture, because this is the festival of culture and all that. Can you tell us a little bit about how your culture influences your art. Um, so obviously, like as I've told you, my name is Jadukor, and it means magician. Um, I'm about um, so I, I inherit the Bangladeshi culture, which is uh like enriched in folk music and we have got our own style of music but when um, you infuse that with heavy metal uh, it, it opens a big variety and like you know and I, I want to tell people around the world that you know Bangladesh is not about just classical Bengali music Bengali people can do rock and roll and that's where I am like you know holding the flag of New Zealand and Bangladesh with my native identity uh, being Jadukor and releasing tracks um, uh, which which represent me in New Zealand and also Bangladesh. So um, I am representing two countries and it's an honour to represent that. <laughs> How have you been accepted so far? I mean, is that something that becomes an issue? I mean, I, I, I watched it, I was talking earlier about the uh, like in Iraq and all that sort of thing. I mean, you can get arrested for being a metalhead. How is it over there? I mean, is that something that they accepted or is it becoming culturally uh, accepted a bit more now? Or? Yeah, yeah, it is, it, it, is, it is slowly becoming culturally accepted now. Like we uh, recently, Spotify released uh, their operations in Bangladesh and the amount of Bangladeshi metal bands and rock bands that are out there. It's amazing, world-class bands, like, you know. Um, but and they were in the 1990s, like, you know, it wasn't that easy. But now, like everyone's into rock and roll and metal, and it's 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 becoming a big industry, and more and more people, the corporates, the com like like are digging in to metal music and rock music, and like you know, pouring their money in. That means there is a big industry booming. But yeah, it's 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 been it's been growing, and it will be growing in the next ten to twenty years. Oh mate, it's absolutely magic, and we've got bands like yourself, and then uh, Shepherd's Rain and Alien Weaponry taking uh, the New Zealand culture overseas and everything. But it's also, I mean, like you talked about Bangladeshi metal and, and um, Nepalese metal and all that. I mean, it's definitely making its mark. I mean, it's amazing to see this diversity and acceptance coming through. You know, from people that yeah, most people look at us metalheads and go, <laughs> we we look a bit hardcore and all that. But dude, you know, we're quite different. You know, but it's all about not judging by the, uh, the, the book by its cover, etc. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, if you see the middle fraternity, it's not. It's it's a it's 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 a family. It's not a neighborhood. It's a family, and how people are accepting it. Like you know, you don't you don't take care about race. You don't take care about religion or anything else. Like you know, metal, the community itself is is huge. If you, if you see that, like you know, bands like Alien Weaponry, like you know, going going big, 
no one knows the language and how they are like you know uh, um, accepted in the whole wide community it just shows how the rock and roll and male middle community all over the world are very accepting doesn't matter if you're wearing a hijab doesn't matter if you're a father of a church doesn't matter you are a priest of a temple we accept anyone oh that's the beauty of metal isn't it yeah, mate. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So you've released the two singles so far at this point. What's the next plans? I'm doing a covers album. Oh, wow. Or an EP, or an EP with my own style of music. So uh, hopefully uh, I'm, I'm pretty much done 30 to 40% of the work. And I'll be releasing it uh, in the next two to three months. Uh, but I'm just going to slow down on my album. And as you know, like, you know... Um, I'm an indie artist, and it's very costly to make music videos. Um, I've completed uh, four of my original tracks, but I'm just gonna keep it that side, uh, and like you know, focus on a little bit on covers in my own style, and I hope people will like it. Oh, I'm sure they will, mate. I'm sure they will. When you're getting out there, and I mean, you say that you're an independent artist. I mean, how hard is this doing it on your own and financing it yourself? I mean, you haven't got a hell of a lot of uh, backing, so to speak, financially. I mean, it must be pretty difficult. Yeah, mate, it, it has been difficult. On my last video, sure New Zealand, I've, I've approached sure New Zealand, and they helped me out. And I'm, I presented the idea to them, like, you know, this is what I, I was talking about. And um, they really liked my idea and financed the whole video, which was a very big thing for an indie artist like me. Like, you know, who's just releasing second track, and I just approached them with my idea and stand against racism and discrimination. And they, like, you know, welcomed me with open arms. But like you know, um, um, I can't be going back to them every now and then, and like you know, to <laughs> to make this kind of uh, music and videos and this kind of production, it takes a fair amount of money. And if I didn't have a day job, I wouldn't be able to finance any of this. Oh mate, well, I mean, it's absolute magic, mate. And, I mean, as a New Zealander, we're extremely proud to um, to have you here and doing these things. I mean, dude, what a video, mate. I mean, like I said, it just about made, like, it did make me cry. I thought it was absolutely beautiful story. Maybe you like it, mate. Excellent. Okay, well, we better wrap it up. I've got uh, one last question for you before we let you go, and that is uh, words of advice for young musicians. You know, I always love that question. <laughs> Um, just keep practicing and believe in yourself that's really much it I've, I've worked with Jadokor for the last seven to eight years and slowly it's, it's it's paying off and if it doesn't even pay off just do the music for yourself oh mate hey thank you so much for your time today we really appreciate it it's been absolutely fantastic having you on here we always love supporting you and uh, getting your music out there I mean it's absolutely fantastic message and all that so you yeah, know really appreciate it Thank you very much, mate. Glad to be in the show. Absolute pleasure, mate. Oh, well, we're now going to kick off into... Um, oh, there we go, mate. There we go, brother. Awesome. We're now going to play your last, latest track, King of the Ring, um, for all the people here. Hopefully they will enjoy, um, and hopefully they'll go watch the video, because, dude, it really is a special video, mate, and thanks for making it, man. No worries, mate. Glad, glad that you liked it, man. Oh, Please, man, have a good one, eh? You too, mate, and thanks for spreading your messages, mate. We really appreciate it. Sweet. Okay, thank you, bud.
Jackanor, uh, the magician, uh, with his track King of the Ring. Absolutely fantastic artist, Bangladeshi and New Zealander. Okay, we're now going to finish off our section of this wonderful live um, session today. Fantastic, haven't done this for so long. Very, very refreshing and very enjoyable. Having a great time here. Absolutely magic seeing all these different cultures around and hey, it's part of being human and isn't it magic? Anyway, we're going to finish off now with our one last track from Alien Weaponry, our ambassadors for New Zealand metal, along with all the rest that we've been trying to present for you. Get out there and uh, open your mind up a little bit. Listen to some of these rock and metal bands. You will find that they're quite enjoyable. Actually, they're very enjoyable and not quite as uh, scary as you might think they are. Um, but anyway, without further ado, we better knock this on the head. And here is a track from Alien Weaponry, uh, Weaponry with the track Holding Your Breath. Enjoy. And thank you very much.
NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. G'day and welcome to Battle 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. Okay, for this next section we were lucky to talk to Wolf Hoffman from the band, except he's always a legend and he's always awesome to talk to. Uh, they've got their newest album, Too Mean to Die, coming out next week. Uh, first off, we're going to have the first single from them, um, and then well, I've had to split the uh, interview into two parts because it was so long. Um, so we're going to have um, this track called The Undertaker. That was their first single. Uh, we'll have that first, and then we will have part one of the interview. <laughs> Thank you. 
in this world right now, isn't it? I mean, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, it certainly is. A, it's, it's an odd spot, all right. Um, how's things over there? In, uh, are you still in Nashville? I am in Nashville, yes, indeed. And things are, well, like you'd expect, you know. Uh, some restrictions, a lot of, you know, no concerts, of course. Um, you know, things are... A lot of places are closed. A lot of places are going out of business. So it's crazy times, man. Certainly is. And you've had a big day over there today with Inauguration Day. Oh, that's, yeah, yeah, of course. Finally, there's that. So at least things are moving, moving along. And it's finally that part is over, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. Well, then there was even a bombing in Nashville. I don't know if you heard that. There was a big old a bomb went out off downtown in nashville which is like what in little nashville a bomb really oh was wow. that the camper van a few weeks back yeah it was a new year's what was it christmas or new year's or i think it was new yeah, year's actually it was about new year's yeah well, that's horrible really isn't it i mean times are crazy we wrote an album the rise of chaos a few years ago three years ago and we thought that was a fitting title then, but it would really a fitting, even more fitting now. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. It's pretty crazy out there. Anyway, um, we're uh, here to talk to you about um the 16th Accept album that's uh, coming out on the 29th of January, Too Mean yeah. to Die. You must be pretty excited about that. Well, of course I am. You know, I've been, this album has been in the can since, I don't know, about August last year. So now I'm finally, it's going to see the light of day. And I'm super happy and excited about it. At some point, we were thinking about maybe de delaying the release because, of course, we can't tour for the album currently or anytime soon. So, but we decided to release the album now and do the tour later. So, I don't know. We didn't waiting didn't feel like the right thing to do. At least the fans can hear the album now, you know. Well, that's it. I mean, I I know there are a lot of bands that have been putting off and all that because of COVID and all that sort of thing. But I was also talking to somebody else uh, yesterday, and we were talking about how uh, the the world needs some positive music and some some good vibes at the moment, and you know, some something to pick us up. Because I mean, like we were just talking about, it's a pretty dark time out there. That's right. And that's why we kind of said uh, to ourselves, let's not, you know, relate anything too closely to the whole world situation right now, because people have really had enough of it now. So we decided to just make a straight in your face metal album and not worry about any of the current, you know, things that are going on. So we didn't write a Corona song or anything like that. I, as a matter of fact, the statement too mean to die sort of seemed to fit perfectly. You know, we said, fuck it, we can't be bothered, you know. <laughs> well, goes on. <laughs> well, it has to, doesn't it? And, and that's it. I mean, if we all give up the ghost now and say, oh, stuff this, then there isn't any hope for humanity, and we've got to be thinking positive. Otherwise, we're all exactly. stuffed. Exactly. Um, could you tell us a little bit about, um, because you've released uh, the three songs so far, The Undertaker, uh, Two Men to Die, and Zombie Apocalypse. Could you tell us a little bit about those tracks, please? Um, yeah, those are just the teaser snippets that everybody, or some people have heard. Um, and, you know, The Undertaker was the first single, and it was released 
early on as a video and that song seemed to be the most appropriate for a video of all the songs that we thought we had because it, it kind of tells the story of a creepy undertaker guy and of course that's what's in the video and um i thought the video turned out great really love that track but it's not really a in your face super hard hitting heavy it's sort of a mid-tempo song which you know is, i think it's great and then the other two tracks, Zombie Apocalypse and Too Mean to Die, are both sort of, you know, typical old school, up-tempo, fast, hard-hitting riff songs, you know, typical except, but, you know, with a bunch of cool, interesting little twists and turns. Oh, that's what we like to hear. I mean, I, I noticed um, down here in New Zealand, some of the on some of the middle Facebook pages that people are sort of popped up and saying, "Oh, this zombie apocalypse video looks really awesome," and so you're getting a bit of feedback there, which is uh, quite positive. Personally, that Undertaker track, man, oh, I love that and that solo in it. Oh, it's just smoking, man. It oh, thank you. yeah, it's a little different, isn't it? It's it's it's. It is. Some people were a little. We thought it's a little different from what we've done in the past. And I didn't really think it was that different. The only thing was slightly different was like during the solo or the intro, it had kind of a spooky, you know, slightly different vibe to it. But glad you like it, man. I do. Oh, I do. I think it's absolutely brilliant, mate. And, oh, yeah, maybe it's a little bit of a different take on Accept, but, dude, I think it rocks, mate. No, I just, you know, it, it's furthers the evolution of Accept in my eyes. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about the writing and recording process? Was it much different this time around? I mean, I understand you had two new members of the band as well. Yeah, there were some differences, but it wasn't really fundamentally different from all the previous albums. I mean, we worked again in our studio in Nashville. We worked again with Andy Sneep, our producer, who's also now a guitar player and Judas Priest. Uh, which uh, made things a little more difficult because we were thinking if we're going to do this recording, I mean, how are we going to fit it in with a schedule of both our bands touring all over the summer and, uh, you know, all throughout the year. And so we said to ourselves, let's get started with what we have. And we picked through all my ideas that I had sort of piled up last in, in the fall of 2019. And, so we started recording early 2020 in March. I think, yeah, we laid down six or seven tracks in March and said, well, we'll worry about the rest when we have time. We, nobody knows when that is. And then COVID started to be such a thing that all of a sudden it was quite clear that there wouldn't be any touring this year for anybody. So that, that was a bummer but the good side was we had at least time to work on the album um but the bad side was nobody could travel anymore you know so andy couldn't come to us to the united states and we had to figure out a way to do it online somehow which basically meant the band was in nashville recording and engineering ourselves and andy was sort of producing it from his studio in england through an online connection which was you know that that was a new experience, <laughs> and it worked. It worked out surprisingly well in the end. Actually, uh, I wouldn't really want it. Wouldn't be my first choice to do it like that again. But you know, in a pinch, it, it's doable. Excellent. Well, he would have been pretty amped after coming off the Judas Priest tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but you know, they were scheduled to tour all summer long and we, we had no idea when and how we could pull it off because we want him to be our producer. But at the end we said, well, maybe it has to be somebody else for the remainder of the songs or I don't know. We, we didn't have a clear plan at all. Um, so, but it all worked out in the end. Oh, mate, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, um, of the the latest album, what would be your favourite track so far, so far, or the track that you're most proud of this time around? Well, that's, you know, one thing, one comment I've heard from everybody who has heard it so far, because man, it's really hard for me to be to be objective. Of course, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. But uh, the comment I've heard is that it's so much cool variety on this album i mean it all still sounds dead on right i mean dead on except but it doesn't there's a lot of variety in between the songs and one song that i'm really fond of personally is uh it's a ballad which is quite unusual for except i think because we normally don't do ballads very often but this one was a song that we all felt pretty strong really strong about and so we put it on the album it's called the best is yet to come and um gosh what else there's an a song which is an, an instrumental song which is the last song of the album so it's kind of an outro and it is based on classical music which is something that i quite often do these songs mostly end up on solo albums of mine but in this case we figured it fits so well with the rest of the songs that we put it on this album and it it does work really well and it adds to the variety of things you know and also the fact that we now have a third guitar player in the band um it that opens up things quite a lot too because he he was able he he actually played quite a bit of stuff on this album his name's phil chaus amazing player great guy and we just took him on because we we got to know him during an orchestral tour two years ago and we basically said hey why shouldn't we have a third guitar player you know Two is yeah. good, three is better, you know. Damn straight. Yeah, oh, that's awesome, man. And so um, how how much does he um, bring to the, the whole writing and writing process? I mean, is that something that he's included in at this point or is he just sort of feeling his yeah, way around yeah, yeah. getting into the band? Absolutely. I No, I wanted everybody to be involved as much as possible. And the, the biggest surprise of that was that our new bass player, Martin Motnick, Who's, who's only been in the band for like, what is it now? What? Two years. Coming up two years now. But he's still quite fresh in the band and it was his first album and he wrote a bunch of cool stuff, which was a huge welcome surprise. You know, it was great. A couple, couple or three really good tracks and then some other ideas along the, the, the road. You know, it was great. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Because I was going to ask you a little bit about, I mean, how do you keep the, um, the 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 fire burning? I mean, after sixteen albums, I mean that's a lot of material, mate. And I mean, how, what keeps it fresh for you? I don't know. The, I mean, the fire is still there. I don't know where it comes from. I think it's the fact that you know, if you like what you're doing, you know, I guess you feel inspired. You know, yeah. It's yeah. sometimes, and I think. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you're sitting there writing songs, I always try to put myself spiritually, mentally back 
into the teenage years in a way, you know, because yeah. it's so easy to, to fall into this trap of saying, oh, this is all back then. And, you know, now I'm old and I don't really feel like the same anymore. But I think if you, if you let all that fall, you know, if you let all that not get in the way, then, you know, it is possible to send, put yourself back into the place of, that excited teenager in a way, you know, and that's the kind of spirit I, I try to be in when I write these songs. And I, I like the songs that sound like I could have written these many, many years ago. I just never did, you know, when they feel like totally familiar, but at the same time, new and exciting. Well, that's it. I mean, because you must have seen so many different changes in the industry and everything over the years that you've been doing yeah. this. I mean, it must be amazing. I mean, but then at the same time, I mean, there's all the, the advances in technology, but at the same time, you, you lose some of that with the um, the thing with like file swapping and all that sort of thing. And, and some bands don't even make it into the studio together and all that. I mean, that makes things quite different sometimes. Yeah, it sure does. And I don't know how people do it when they just file swap and when they never even see each other because... Um, I mean, I've done it online with other people. Uh, I've tried it, but it only seems to work halfway decent when it's actually in real time, when you sit there like on a Zoom call uh, and you actually talk between each other. But when you're just file swapping and send somebody an email, hey, what do you think of this idea? And then you hear back a week later. I mean, so much gets lost in this spontaneous back and forth of a conversation. I mean, really, there's no substitute for working with somebody in the same room and being there at the moment when it's when it's all happening and the magic happens and you capture that because, you know, that's where it's at. It's the immediate feedback from somebody else. That's why we always work together um, in the studio as much as we can. It doesn't mean we always record everything together, but at least while somebody is in the studio, there's the producer and I'm there a lot of times. So there's always somebody to give feedback and that's super important, I think. Oh, it's incredibly important in that creation process. And it's also, I mean, it's, it's a band bonding thing too, isn't it? I mean, it's just that, yeah, that, sure is. That, that magical connection that you get when you're playing together and all that sort of thing. I mean, you can't get that across a computer screen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's still all good. In in a way, we're still making good old fashioned rock and roll, heavy metal, you know. And it's, exactly. it's all about it's all about the emotions. Do they come across, or is it just a sterile, perfectly polished, boring recording? You know, that's what nobody wants. I mean, we always want to keep that rawness, freshness, as much as possible in the recording. And that's something that gets so easily lost when you you know, just focus on your laptop and just sit there all alone, you know, all of a sudden it becomes sterile quite easily. Well, that's exactly it. And that, that's where, I mean, some of these advances in technology have been, you know, not so good. Whereas, you know, if you go back to some of those old school things, you, you can find um, so much more and you get that energy. And you can, I mean, even when you listen to an album or something, you can, there's energy there. It's um, And if it's not there, then, you know, it's just like, you know, been a cut and paste job, so to speak. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I call it laptop metal uh, sometimes. And you can hear that it sounds 
Yeah, it sounds like it's cut and pasted all over the place. And we're trying to avoid that as much as possible. We're, we're trying to use modern technology, but not get carried away, you know. That's it, and it's incredibly important. I mean, that's what a band is being about. I mean, a band is a group of people, not just one singular dude. I mean, there's a place for one exactly. singular dude. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. G'day and welcome to Metal 2 Metal, Metalheads Radio. Local, national and international news, interviews and uh, the latest new releases brought to you by NPR, Battle of Two Peoples Radio. Okay, for this, uh, we're now up to the second part of the Wolf interview. Uh, first off, though, we're going to have uh, one of my favourite tracks from the band, except uh, first off, Balls to the Wall. Um, then we will have the interview, and then we will finish it all off for this particular section with the title track off the newest album, Too Mean to Die. <laughs>
little bit about uh, how does the music come to you um i mean is it something that you i mean do you uh, like hear a melody or do you see something that um just pops into your mind and you get a a, a, a whole song or, or how does the music come to you do you get licks or, or what, what how does it come to you yeah it's a good question man um I try to get myself into this sort of sensitive songwriter mode when I know the time is here to make an album. I mean, like for instance, right now, I'm not in that mode. I'm like doing interviews all the time, doing press, the album is done. 
So I don't really have many musical ideas because I'm not sensitized enough, if that's a good explanation. It's weird. I get get into this mode where I say to myself, well, the next few weeks and months, I'm doing nothing else but writing songs. So I start writing every day for a few hours. And uh, then something happens. You get more and more and all of more and more sensitized and all of a sudden you are under the shower and you hear a song in your head and you run to the recording setup and you record you record it and sometimes you just sit there with the guitar and a riff comes flying towards you and so what i then do is i record everything that i have without even thinking about it if it's a melody i'll follow it and see what chords work with it and and it shapes into a nice little melody sometimes it's ends up somewhere in the song or oftentimes it doesn't go anywhere it just sits there on my hard drive and i collect all these ideas for weeks and months and then you know eventually they turn into songs it's it's bizarre um and where these ideas really come from i don't really know it's been (laughs) a little little bit of a mystery i mean where do ideas in general i mean sometimes you wake up and you have an idea oh what about this but where did that really come from Come come out of the sky, flying towards you. I have no idea. All of a sudden, you have these ideas, and I think if you're sensitive enough, you pick them up and you follow them. Oh, mate, that's an absolutely brilliant explanation. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so um, with that in mind, um, have you? Uh, last time I talked to you was uh, we were talking um, a solo album. Um, mm-hmm. that must have been quite some time ago now, a few uh, about four or five years ago now. Um, yeah, yeah, have you, mm-hmm. have you been um, doing work on any more solo um, albums or anything like that? Is there anything we can look forward to on that aspect? I mean, I know we're meant to be talking except here, but <laughs> you're yeah, no, it's, it's fine, yeah. I mean, I always collect stuff, and now that I have so much time on my hands, because we're still not going to be touring anytime soon so there's probably still a few months left before that happens i will definitely start working on more stuff just to have it sitting there when the day comes and i want to release a new album i mean i'm not ready for it quite yet and i think we want to focus on accept first and we want to do some definitely tour this album first but at some point in the future i probably want to make another album just because it's i don't know it's a personal passion of mine and it's always a great release for creative energy that is not per that is not mm, proper and accept because you can't really force everything into accept you know especially the classical stuff i mm. i managed to find another song on this album where it seemed appropriate to have some classical elements in there a song is called symphony of pain and it actually uh i used some Be- beethoven symphonic elements in that song and that was great because it really fit in properly and it, it feel, felt like the right thing to do but other than that if i work on these classical arrangements i don't ever want to force them into an existing except album just because i have the idea if you know what i mean i think the, the right place to release that stuff is somewhere else and that would be another solo album at some point in the future maybe Oh, well, I hope so, because the last one was absolutely fantastic, mate. And I mean, it's really cool to see that other side of you as well. I mean, I mean, we all know the Wolf Hoffman as the, as the except guitarist, but, you know, to see that other side of your guitar playing, it's quite awesome. It's, it's awesome. 
Well, thank you, man. Yeah, it's really like a labor of love more than anything. I, I, it's not really meant to compete with what Accept is doing because Accept is bread and butter and main focus, but this other stuff is like the labor of love, you know, if you know what I mean. Well, that's it. For a lot of um, music fans, that's what we like to see, though. Uh, you know, I mean, we all follow our favorite bands and all that, but I mean, like we follow some of their artists or everything and you know guitar fans we love to see the solo albums as well but oh dude except mate is absolutely brilliant and 16 albums on dude that's absolute fantastic legacy mate uh still chomping yeah, it sometimes it's pretty pretty amazing isn't it i mean some some bands have more some has less whatever but i think it's still and especially this last 10 years we've done five studio albums i think that's pretty good going isn't it I mean, and a live album and a solo album. So I've, we've released a lot of stuff these last 10 years. Well, that's it. You guys have never stopped, really. I mean, you had your brief hiatus, but, I mean, dude, you guys have still been putting out some absolutely brilliant material. I mean, and it just keeps on going. And, and it's good to see some of these young people um, picking up and going, oh, dude, I haven't listened to this band except before. And it's like, oh, mate, yeah, check these guys out and look back in the history. It's, you know, um, you know and then new people... <laughs> Finding inspiration. It's cool, mate. I mean, as an older dude myself, I enjoy that. And these young people, seeing the young people finding this stuff. And it's like, yeah, because they all like to go back through the history and all that sort of thing. And if they, hopefully they find their way. Sometimes I I jokingly, sometimes I jokingly say, you know, dude, I invented heavy metal. What are you talking about? You know, it's like, (laughs) which is, of course, a joke. But, you know, it sometimes feels that way. We've been doing it so long. We've been actually making this stuff before it was even called heavy metal you know in the late 70 nobody called called this music heavy metal it was called you know hard rock and then yeah you know i invented i invented heavy metal and the rest is history you know (laughs) (laughs) oh mate oh i still remember being a young fella and getting balls to the wall and it's one of the first vinyls that i ever got and it was just like dude this is so cool man Man, I still, I still have it to this day. It's one of my pride and joys. It's my um, balls to the wall album. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so getting out on the road, I mean, it must be an absolute nightmare wanting to get out there. I mean, are you going to be able to play any kind of release shows or anything? We're not going to do anything until touring gets going properly again. Uh, we don't want to do any live stream shows and just do a bunch of cameras. I mean, our shows really depend on the audience interacting and it's the whole vibe of being there live as it happens not far away on a computer screen i I don't think that's this this is not why we want to be musicians hell i mean i'd better wait until it we can do it properly well that's it i mean and hopefully it's um sooner rather than later we're pretty lucky down here in New Zealand. We're having a, a lot of the local bands are able to play now, um, and they're, oh, they're sort of book, booking a, a little bit of um, internationals. But at this stage, it's still really, really tentative, um, and oh, it's just so hard to say. But I mean, but we're really lucky down here in New Zealand, um, being able to go to a show on a Friday or Saturday night at the moment, um, and all that. I know in a lot of countries you can't even do that, so. Um, it must no, no. be so painful. No. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. 
Oh, mate, uh, we feel for you, mate. And hopefully you guys are going to be able to get out on the road soon. I mean, it's really hard to see what's going on in Europe at the moment, isn't it? I mean, we we thought it was going to die down, but it seems to be picking up again. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, until... And I don't think there's a good chance for shows until a lot of people are going to be vaccinated. And luckily, thankfully, that's now starting to get in motion but you know it's going to take a while until it's really going to have enough of an effect that live shows are going to be safe again or safer maybe it's ne maybe they're never going to be 100 percent safe again ever maybe that's always oh, going to be no but maybe there's always going to be some effect like almost like before 9 11 and after 9 11 where you know now there's going to be these security checks in place that that are always going to be there. They're never going to go back ever. And maybe yeah. after COVID, there's going to be something in place where you get checked for symptoms on the way into a show or something. I don't know, man. We'll have to see how it all works out. But I'm afraid it's not just going to go ever like, okay, it's over, done. Everybody, you know, relax. No more danger whatsoever, ever again. I don't know. Is, is that realistic? I don't know. Yeah, it is real hard to say. I mean, it would be a nice thought that we could go back to that, but I mean, I have heard talks of that, what you're talking about, you know, going into a show, having to show that you've been vaccinated and things like that. I mean, that could be our new normal. Um, it, mm. It's really hard to say. I mean, I, I sort of fear for the um, the European metal festivals that, you know, I mean, they've had to, the first year, you know, you can sort of get past that, but two years in a row of not being able to put on a festival, I mean, it's got to be a bit of a hammer and a oh, bit that's... of a nail in the coffin. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a death sentence to a lot of festivals, if you think about it, uh, or a lot yeah. of other promoters or even related companies that work in entertainment. I mean, there's all, all these other companies that, you know, rent equipment and supportive, you know, I don't know, you know, personnel, how, how are they going to survive all this, you know? I don't know. Oh, well, that's it. It's all the, the, the other thousands of people that are associated with your different acts and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. been a nightmare. We're just going to hope yeah. and pray that um, it all goes away and that we can get back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah, absolutely. It's about time, man. Or else... <laughs> Or else the entertainment industry is going to be bust forever and everybody's just going to be an Amazon driver from now on. That's <laughs> going, going to be the only business that's still going to be in place when all this is over. It's, you know, it's not all so, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's almost like that. I mean, maybe that's why they sort of uh, made it, made drones and all that. It was sort of a precursor and sort of preparation. <laughs> They've been doing all those pizza deliveries with drones and things, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, mate, oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, we've only got a few minutes left, so I better uh, wrap this up quickly. Um, I've got one last question for you before we let you go, Wolf, and that is yeah. um, words of advice for young musicians. Yeah, that's always the million-dollar questions. Question, the word of wisdom, you know. Um, the one thing I've learned that's maybe worth talking about is the fact that there's always a tendency to settle for something 
for mediocrity in a way, you know, um, and I speak from experience. Sometimes in the process of being an artist and recording stuff and performing, there's always a tendency by some people to say, ah, this is fine. It's good enough. Nobody will hear the difference, whether it's a live show or whether it's a, a song you're working on. And my advice is don't let that happen. Follow your inner voice and make sure it's the way that you want it to be. Because oftentimes you get talked into this way of thinking like, yeah, you can spend another day on this and get it perfect, but nobody's going to care about it. And only you can hear it, nobody else. And that's not true. I think at least you should make the music so that you are happy with it and not somebody else tells you it's good enough. Um, so anyhow, that's my advice. Be, listen to your inner voice. If it's, if it's not quite there yet, Make it, make it so that you are happy. Just work until it's done. It's, it's, it's until it's right. Oh, mate, that's absolutely brilliant advice. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Wolf. Absolute pleasure talking to you. Looking forward to everybody's reaction when they hear the new album "Too Mean to Die" coming out the 29th of January. Not too far away yes, now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, everybody, you stay safe down there. And um, we'll hopefully reconnect when things get better. And in the meantime, enjoy the new album, Too Mean to Die. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.